qualities here at home? No, in different places I have. Uh, reading from Sri Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. That's Telugu Anubadam. The ladies also? What's going on? Do you want to announce that in case anyone doesn't know? Do we need in any other languages? Hindi? Indianavadam? No, all right. <clears throat> so this is uh, quality 58, I believe, of Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We call him the Supreme Personality of Godhead not just because we like him, we do like him, but that's not enough in itself to uh, become God. There are so many bogus people, as I never tire of saying, there are so many bogus people who are claim to be God by their followers or they claim to be God and get some followers. But they don't have the qualities required to be God. Therefore, they are simply dogs, not gods. So, this uh, quality we're going to discuss now is, uh, there's number 57, Koti Brahmanda Vigraha. Srila Prabhupada translates this as his body generates innumerable universes. Koti means 10 million crore. But here it's used figuratively to mean innumerable. If you have to count 10 million, imagine if you had 10 million dots and you had to count take a long time. Huh? You have to do that before breakfast. You might have to skip breakfast. And lunch, maybe, too. It's a big number. And probably you'll make a mistake on the way that we find sometimes people are counting money and they it's supposed to be 100 notes and they someone makes it, they, they count 99 or someone counts 98 or someone counts 101. Because the tendency is to make mistakes. 
So it's a big number. It's something we can think about, not very easily. I and mean, if we think of a number three, we can imagine three apples. We can imagine three cell phones. Please turn off your cell phone. We can imagine 15. It's not too difficult to imagine 15. 15 counts, or 15 whatever. If we think of a thousand, well, we can think of a hundred, but in our mind we can think of 10 by 10. We put 10, 10 cows in a row and hope they don't, they hope they stand still, and 10 in another row and uh, fill up the blocks. 10 squared equals 100. Yeah, I guess in that way you could kind of think about a hundred squares, which is 10,000. But then if you think of, uh, yeah, if we say 10,000 squared, then we go past a crore. So, uh, yeah, it's very difficult even to imagine 10 million. We think if we try to picture in our mind 10 million anything, it's very difficult to do so. So it's, it's, it's getting beyond the realm of comprehension. Of course, mathematicians, they use big numbers, but if we, if we uh, actually try to imagine 10 million anything, how many cells in the human body? Dr. Totagopinath. Millions. Yeah, we all know that, but you're supposed to tell us <laughs> more precisely. How many, what about up and coming doctor? Millions actually. See, he's trying to trying to bluff more more precisely, more more convincingly. He doesn't know. We don't know. No one knows. Millions, billions, trillions, zillions. So innumerable, Koti, is here represents innumerable. One name of Lord Vishnu is Sahasranama. Of course there's Vishnu Sahasranama, but it also has the sense of many, many. There's innumerable names. Practically every name, every word, Madhvacharya says, that every word signifies Vishnu. So, Koti, Brahmanda, Vigraha, he is the form of innumerable universes. Uh, well, a different, Prabhupada translates this, his body generates innumerable universes. Then, Anuswami translates this, his form expands over millions of universes. And David Haberman, who's a mundane scholar who's translated Bhakti Prasamrita Sindhu, translates it as has millions of universes existing within his body. So whichever way we take it, he's not one of these cheap trinket wallers who call themselves Bhagawan. Who Krishna in his sleeping generates innumerable universes from his body. <coughs> 
Yasya Prabha Prabhavato Jagadanda Koti, the innumerable universes which are they come into being by his prabha, by his well within within his effulgence. Then there's that uh, Adhara Shakti. How does that verse begin? Yakaranarna Vajale Bhajasisva Yoga Adhara Shakti Mavalamda Paramsramati Vishnur Mahansa Iha Yasya Kala Vishesho Govindavadi Purushantamahamajami. When we speak of his form generating innumerable universes, that actually doesn't it's not Krishna directly, it is Krishna, but Krishna in his form is Mahavishnu. So Krishna is playing within each universe, but the form from whom the universes are generated is Mahavishnu. He's so vast, but he's only a, only, we say only, figuratively saying only. He is an expansion of the original form, who is Krishna. So how great is Krishna? That the form from whom innumerable universes expand is itself an expansion of Krishna. And someone is making ashes, <coughs> and they call themselves God. <coughs> or by some magic tricks they make some watches apparently appear out of nothing. They have it hidden up the sleeve or whatever. So, uh, this is Krishna. He, innumerable universes are within his body. We can't say that. We have innumerable cells within our body. But Krishna has innumerable universes within his body. He pervades all of the universes. They're not only within his body, but when they expand from his body, he again enters into each universe as Garbo Vishnu. And then he enters into each atom as Kshiro Vishnu. Yet he has his own existence separately also. This uh, Krishna pervades the whole universe. He, he's within everything, and still he's separate from everything. Who can claim this? Only Krishna. Therefore, he is the Supreme Personality of God. And others who claim to be Bhagavan, uh, they cannot claim this. That millions of universes emanate from their bodies. Still they are separate from the universes. They cannot claim this. They, they, they enter into everything. Enter into everything means they know everything. Sarvata parnipadam tat. What is the next line? Sarvata parnipadam tat. Sarvakshi sarvato mokam. His eyes are everywhere. He sees everything. He's everywhere. His hands and legs are everywhere. So Krishna is everywhere. Yet he's aloof from everything. He's also separate from everything. So if we just try to understand, it's not a difficult point to understand. The In Western or in English theological language, this, is, this refers to the, it's called the immanence of God. It means his uh, 
all-pervadingness within the universe. So in Sanskrit, his, his qualities, his, his sarva-vyapi, he is expanded everywhere. Another quality, the next quality, number 58, mention of Krishna. Avatar, avatar, avali bhijan. Avatar, avali bhijan. So, avatar, avali means the plural, so many avatars. He's, Krishna is the seed of all the avatars. In other words, he's the original source of all avatars, even though all the Vishnu forms are non-different from Krishna. They are Krishna, but still they are somewhat separate also. Therefore, uh, Brahma prays, Govindam Adi Purusham Tamaham Bhajam. I worship Govinda, who is the source of all the avatars. Ramadi Muritishu Kalani Amena Tishtham. Kintu Krishna Swayam Samabhavat Paramatpumanyo Govindam Adi Purusham Tamahambaja. There's so many forms of Lord Vishnu. Ramadi. Rama is the first. Balaram is the first expansion of Krishna. Or Rama may also mean uh, Ramachandra. Because he's considered, uh, along with Krishna, Ram is considered Ramachandra, Dasharati. Ayodhya Ram, he is considered the most important after Krishna. <laughs> Some people consider him more important than Krishna. Anyway, he's very important. So Ramadi, Murtishu, Kala, Niyamena, Tishta. They're all uh, expansions of Krishna. They all appear in this world, but Krishna is the original form. This is a quality of Krishna. This cannot be said to be a quality of the... Most of the qualities mentioned here, they are qualities also which apply to Vishnu, such as the very beautiful form, all-knowing, expert in all languages. So these are all true of the Vishnu forms also. But they are superlatively true of Krishna. If we say that Vishnu's form is, is most beautiful, that's true. But Krishna's is still more beautiful. But there are some qualities which do not apply to even the Vishnu form. Or the, not even to Rama, Ramachandra, not even to Balaram. The source of, the, of all avatars is Krishna. Eti Changsa Kalapumsam, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Indrari Vyakalam Lokam, Ridayanti Yuge Yuge. All the Angsha, Kala, 
all the uh, plenary expansions or parts of the plenary expansion. Yeah, kala, we've been using that word. It literally means a part. A part, not a part. A part. So when we say the uh, Vishnu forms, they are of various avatars, they are kala. That doesn't mean they're separated part. They are called Swangsha. Swangsha Vivinangsha. We are also parts of Krishna. The Jivas are also parts of Krishna. But we are Vivinangsha. We are significantly separate also. Significantly different. But Swangsha means they are the Swangsha, the Vishnu forms. They are parts of Krishna, but they are his own part. They're not different from them. So both the avatars of Krishna and the jivas, they are in one sense non-different from Krishna, in another sense different. But in the case of the avatars, the non-difference is more prominent than the difference. And in the case of the jivas, the difference is more prominent than the non-difference. But still differences there. Krishna is the original form. <coughs> Another example is given from uh, Rupa Goswami gives in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. From Gita Govinda, Vedan Udhara Udharate Jaganti Vahate Bhugolam Ubhribrate Daityang Daryate Baling Chalayate Kshatra Kshayam Kuravate Polaschang Jayate Halang Kaliate Karunyang Atanvate Mlechan Murchayate Dashakriti Krite Krishnaya Tubhyam Namaha Jayate Goswami who uh, before presenting the Gita Govinda presented the very famous Dashavatara Stotra better known here in South India as Ashtapadi. Uh, so before composing his uh, poem describing the intimate pastimes of Radha and Krishna, he establishes who this Krishna is. So here's one verse. Uh, in Dashavata Stotram summarizes the Dashavata. Dashavata Stotra. I offer my respects to Krishna, who takes ten forms. As Matsya, he rescues the Vedas. He supports the world. As Kurma, specifically the earth, Bhugolam. Uh, sorry, uh, lifts the earth from the lower regions as Varaha. Pierces. Hiranyakashipu as Narasimha tricks Bali as Vamana, destroys the warriors as Parashuram, Parashuram, conquers Ravana as Rama, pulls his plough as Balaram, distributes mercy as Buddha, and kills the rascals as Kalki. Krishna is the source of all incarnations. Again, if we 
compare with all these uh, bogus people who go around calling themselves God, we'll see that there is a the difference is more significant than the sameness. Anyone can say I'm I'm also an avatar in one sense, but our avataran is different from that of Krishna's. Krishna comes avataran means coming down, avatarana. So Krishna comes down out of his own accord to deliver us when we simply fall down. We fall down from the spiritual position. So we're also avatars. But the term avatar is not used in the sense of the, the fallen jiva that is used for the Lord who out of his own volition, his own desire, comes down to pick us up. And we simply fall down. So we're not avatars. The term avatar is not used for us. And those who claim to be an avatar but are not an avatar, then, uh, well, in another sense, they're going to be avatar. They're going to fall. They're already fallen very deeply to even claim like that. And their falling further and further is guaranteed. Quality 59. Hatari Gati Dayakam. He gives liberation to those he kills. So he is the giver of the gold to those who he kills. <clears throat> so who is more merciful than Krishna? He, he comes even. Vinashaya Tadushkritam kills, destroys the demons. But actually his destruction, it's constructive. It's not uh, destruction in the sense, in the, just like this, uh, just planting some dynamite and blowing something up and nothing constructive comes in. Just blowing up some, just destruction. Terrorism. But Krishna, he's so kind that those who he kills, he also gives them liberation. Because otherwise the, the persons he kills, they're so bad that there's no other hope for them. He doesn't come and kill just you know, some small-time crook. To get killed by Krishna, you have to be... Uh, more bad than we can even possibly be. In Kali Yuga, we don't have enough strength to be as bad as you have to be to be killed by Krishna, directly. Everyone is killed by Krishna. Through, through his agencies. But the big demons, they, the very biggest demons, they, uh, they get killed. Krishna. And he gives them liberation. Because otherwise there's no... Otherwise it's too much work for Yamaraj. Having to deal with these Hiranyakashipu. I mean, they'd have to, they'd have to create a, a new Yamaraj. Just for poor old Chitragupta, you know, he's working overtime. Every second he's got some more sins. So, one, in Kali Yuga, one, it's, 
people are so uh, petty and insignificant. Of course, they make a good job of being bad, and in the last century, Hitler was cited as great demon, Stalin. But, uh, I mean, even the chief minister of any state in India has got... Of course, can't say this openly, but they've all got blood on their hands. Otherwise, they can't. You can't get a political post without uh, killing. Usually, there's some killing here and there. They may not do it directly, but uh, so many animals are killed in every state of India. Even, of course, in some states, cow slaughter is illegal, but. It, Cow slaughter goes on in every state, even if it's theoretically illegal. And slaughter of so many animals goes on. I calculated once that the present population of India is supposed to be how many crores? Yeah, more than 100. Let me know, it passed a few years. 110, 120? Hmm? 110, approximately. Okay, so if we, on a conservative estimate, say that one chicken per, is killed for every thousand people per day in India, then how many chickens? Is, that's a conservative estimate. Very conservative. Then how many chickens? Come on, come on. You know, don't use your calculators. Yeah, it's more than, well, 11 lakh if we have 110 crores every day in India. And the leaders, they have to take one-sixth of the karmic reactions of the citizens. So maybe they're justified in taking uh, all your money. <laughs> because they have to suffer. Of course, they're not justified in taking... Well, actually, they should take your money, but then they should redistribute it for proper purposes. But instead they build, they give grants for building more poultry farms and slaughterhouses. Very sinful. So, what was the point? Oh yeah, Krishna kills the demons. So we can imagine, I mean, these, these demons here in India, they're, they're very enthusiastically promoting cow slaughter and goat slaughter and sheep slaughter, and chicken slaughter, and in the last minister with that uh, TDP, he was very enthusiastic for making fish farming, this Chandra Baba. He, he was promoting this fish slaughter. So they're pretty bad, they're not good. These people are not good. Sorry to say. We have to speak the truth. There's not good people to be. To be a politician in the modern age, you have to be a, a demon, actually. So how bad were these Hiranyakashipu, Ravana, Putana, there's a trio, Agha, Baka, Putana, 
two brothers and one sister. Quite a family. Krishna killed them all. But he gave them all moksha. He's so kind. Otherwise, their reactions, just to pay them, it just it makes such an imbalance in the universe. There's so much sinful activity. It, it throws the, the whole uh, karmic order, disturbs it so much, so Krishna just wipes it out, restores it. Krishna is so kind, he kills demons and gives them liberation. Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur in his commentary says qualities such as giving liberation to the enemy actually belong only to Krishna. Not Narayana forms, they don't actually give mukti. We, we see also that when uh, Jaya and Vijay, they fell, they were killed by again and again and again. They were killed by Rama, or before that they were killed by Varaha and Narasimha. Then Rama, only when Krishna killed them. Did they attain liberation? Mm. So in these verses, there are several verses quoted to give examples of Krishna uh, giving liberation to the demons in which the name Murari is quoted. The enemy of the Mura demons. It's a well-known name of Krishna, Murari. Although the Mura Asura is only very briefly mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam. was killed by Krishna. Asura Shakal Payalo Chara Bhaktivinoda Thakur says all the, all the Asuras they attain to your lotus feet. Quality Number 60. He attracts the Atmaramas. Those who are happy within themselves, satisfied within themselves, Krishna also attracts them. There's a well-known verse from Srimad Bhagavatam, very important verse which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained uh, in 64 ways, actually unlimited ways. Because every living being is Atma. Atma Ramas Chamunayo, Nigranta Apyurukrume, Kurvantya Haitukim Bhaktim, Itam Bhuta Guno Harehe. Quality of Krishna is that he's so attractive. That persons who have no attraction for anything of this world, they're satisfied within themselves. They're also attracted by the qualities of Krishna. 
all his qualities are attractive. So this verse was spoken. Uh, of course, it's an eternal verse, but we find within the context of Srimad Bhagavatam that it was spoken by Sutta Goswami to explain to Shona Parishi that why is it that Shukadev, who was Atmaral, is fully satisfied in himself? He had no attraction for anything of this world, and nor was he disturbed by anything in it. He was wandering naked, which is, uh, people are going to mock him, so he was being mocked for, for going naked. He didn't, he didn't care. He didn't want praise, and he didn't care about being mocked. He was fully self-satisfied. He was just... Uh, perceived the, the happiness of the Atma. He was experiencing that. But he, uh, then, then Shonaka Rishi asked, that then why did he undertake the study of such a great book as Srimad Bhagavatam, such a mammoth book? He's already self-realized, so why, what, did he, what did he bother to do anything for? Why? Already self-realized. What have you got to do? You read a book because you want. Why do people read books? To get some entertainment, to get some instruction. But he doesn't need any entertainment. What instruction does he need? He's already self-realized. But still, he undertook the study of this great work because he was attracted by the transcendental qualities of Hari, which proves the point that Krishna is attractive even to persons who are beyond any mundane attraction and even persons who are already situated in transcendence. There are many examples. Here an example is given. There's a, a verse is stated. O Madhava, though I am a pure Paramahamsa without desires, by smelling the fragrance of the great herbs of your pastimes, I have been transformed into a devotee and am thirsty for the rasa of bhakti. It's also well known, uh, the example is given of the four Kumaras who were uh, satisfied in themselves. They exhibited anger towards giant Vijay out of their mercy to uh, teach such persons for their benefit. But otherwise they were, they were self-satisfied, situated in, in transcendental knowledge of the self, but not in, not in knowledge of the sweetness of Vishnu. They knew Vishnu's the Supreme. They were going to see him. Otherwise, why would they go to see him? But uh, for them, it was, uh, there was nothing to get emotional about, as far as they were concerned. But when they smelt the fragrance of Tulasi being wafted in the breeze from the lotus feet of Lord Narayana, then they, they, their attitude changed. And they, just by that, they became devotees. Even though they, they had nothing material to gain from anyone. 
And as far as they were concerned, they had nothing spiritual there to gain either. They were fully situated in transcendence. But they became uh, attracted to Narayana just by smelling the uh, fragrance of the Tulasi from his feet. Then, oh, did I miss one? Oh, now we're getting into the real matter. <laughs> getting more and more sweet. The next quality is stated. Krishna is attractive to all. Krishna is even attractive to Narayana. And there are four qualities in particular which are cited about Lord Krishna. By which it's understood that he surpasses in sweetness even Lord Narayana. So the first one is his Lila Madhuryam. Lord Vishnu also exhibits his Lila as Rama, Rishingha, Varaha, Kurma, in all these forms he shows his Lila and everything, his Lila is certainly very sweet. But the sweetness of Krishna's Lila, that is incomparable. Most sweet. And therefore very difficult for people to comprehend. Practically, even among the devotees, unless to, to fully comprehend the comprehend, you know, that means to understand the sweetness of Krishna's pastimes, we have to stop trying to comprehend them. As long as we're thinking, oh, this is Krishna's Leela. He's the Supreme Lord. This is his Leela. As long as we're thinking like that, we cannot appreciate the sweetness in full. To some extent we may. But for full appreciation... One has to come to the level of the Rajavasis. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings. One has to come to the level of being so much attracted to Krishna that even if one knows that he's the Supreme Lord, it doesn't seem to the devotee very important. He's the Supreme Lord? Is he? Well, he stole my lunchbox. I'm going to go and I'm going to go and tell him what I think. I'm going to steal his ladu. He stole my ladu. I'm going to steal his. He may be God, but he stole my ladu. <laughs> Prabhupada at least once said that my my only desire is to go to Golok Vrindavan and steal Krishna's lunchbox. <laughs> We've heard it said. So Krishna's pastimes are very attractive. Lila Madhuri. Very sweet. Lord Krishna himself states, we find in the Brihadvamana Purana, Rupa Goswami quotes this, 
Though all of my pastimes are very attractive and profound, when I remember the Rasalila, I cannot explain what happens to my mind. So of all the Leelas, they're all, all Krishna's Leelas are very sweet, but the sweetest of all is his Rasalila. Or Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur also explained that, well, there are others also which are very sweet. His pastimes at Radha Kund and Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur also cited that uh, even more sweet than Rasalila is the mid, that's at midnight or during the night, and the midday pastimes at Suryakund. There is always more to know about Krishna. We won't get everything even from all the books. So, uh, two examples, Jiva Goswami comments, that two examples are given for showing the supreme position of Krishna's pastimes to point out the uniqueness of his pastimes. His pastimes are actually depicted to perfection in the Bhagavatam, and therefore they're not elaborated on here. Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, um, much of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is a, it's a guidebook for understanding Srimad Bhagavatam. What is not presented systematically in Bhagavatam is systematically analyzed in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, so that by studying this Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, one becomes better equipped to extract the rasa from this rasa shastra, which is Srimad Bhagavatam. Profound, the word praja in the verse, quoted from Brihad Vamana Purana, Krishna's pastimes are profound. Translation stopped. You know what that means? Very important word. Profound means uh, very deep and serious and wonderful. All these senses are there. It's uh, which causes one to uh, be struck with a, with a sense of how deep it is, how, how different it is from the... Uh, well, the opposite of profound is uh, shallow or insubstantial, petty. So in this material world, everything is petty, meaningless. Profound is, gives the sense of full of meaning. So, uh, Parikshit Maharaj states to Shukadev Goswami that all the activities of all the avatars of the Supreme Lord of Krishna, they're all very pleasing to the ear and the mind 
and by hearing them all the dirty things in one's mind immediately vanish. Unfortunately, in this material world, we're not very enthusiastic to hear about these. But when we hear, especially Krishna's childhood pastimes, his Balyalila, that they're automatically very pleasing to the mind and the ear. And thus one's attachment for hearing about material things, which is that, that hearing about material things causes us to be uh, tied up in this material world. But if we hear about Krishna's pastimes, especially his childhood pastimes, Parikshit Maharaj, that the tendency to hear about material things which causes our material, which causes us to become attached to material things, which causes our material bondage. But if we hear about Krishna, we become attracted to Krishna. And that is the cause of our freedom from material bondage, and that is, and entering into Krishna's pastimes. So one becomes attached to him, and one becomes attached to devotees who present that. So Parikshit Maharaj in this way encouraged Shukadev, please go on speaking about the wonderful pastimes of Krishna. <clears throat> then quality 62. <clears throat> Krishna this uh, Prema Madhuri, Krishna is surrounded by devotees with intense Prema. All the devotees, they love Krishna. In, the, in Vaikuntha, there are great devotees like Garuda, Vishwaksena. They're all great devotees. Who can say that Hanuman is anything but a great devotee of Lord Rama. It's, that is, there's no meaning of speaking of Hanuman unless we recognize him as a great devotee. But still, Krishna, the devotees who are with Krishna, and especially the gopis of Vrindavan, they are so intensely attracted to Krishna that they make statements such as this, which is quoted from Srimad Bhagavatam. Atati yad bhavan ahni kananam chutir yugayate twam apashyata kutila kuntalam srimokhanjate Jara utekshitam pakshmakrit dasham. The gopis praying to Krishna, speaking to him as if he's there. He wasn't there at the time. But they're feeling his presence. When you go to the forest during the day, then each, not every second, but every part of a second, becomes to us. Chutir Yugayate. Chuti is, uh, of course it means mistake, but in this sense it means a very small fraction of time. Every Chuti seems to us like a Yuga. It's so painful for us. It seems like millions of years. 
because because we cannot see you we feel this intense long length of time I didn't see Krishna that's described also the cowherd boyfriends of Krishna they're playing in the forest and sometimes in their vision Krishna goes behind a tree and just and then he runs he's running and he's running behind a tree for the one second he's behind the tree they feel ah what happened we couldn't see Krishna he was out of our vision so this is inconceivable the gopis also say that we 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 see your your face which is kutila kuntal Kutila Kuntalam, your, your Srimakam Chate, your beautiful face, which is surrounded with curly locks. So when we have the chance to see you, from time to time we blink. So when we blink, we think, ah, ah, that was horrible. What? It was like a terrible nightmare. I couldn't see Krishna for just a, a blink. So this sounds like insanity. Premon The six Goswamis of Vrindavan are full of this Premon this madness of Prema. So that we find, especially among the gopis of Vrindavan, all the residents of Vrindavan, their, their love for Krishna is so intense that it seems almost like madness. If they blink, they curse Lord Brahma. Why did you why did, why did you give us eyes like a fish? No, no blinking. They think blinking is something. Ah, oh, something terrible happened. Really, what happened? I blinked. It doesn't sound really. Uh, really, uh, what was wrong? I was looking at Krishna and I blinked. Ah, oh, horrible! What a nightmare! Oh, it's a different rendition. Sugadev Goswami praised the inhabitants of some. Oh, uh, it is, yeah. From Jiva Goswami's commentary, he cites various well known verses from the Bhagavatam. When Shukadev Goswami, he described, a whole bhagyam, a whole, a whole, how fortunate are the Vrajavasis headed by Nanda Maharaj because their friend is Paraman, uh, Yanmitram Paramanandam, he is all the supreme, he is the supreme bliss, namely Krishna. Who is the uh, complete form of the eternal absolute reality? Purnam Brahma Sanatana. That same person who philosophers or they're trying to understand Krishna, he is that person and he's their friend. Nemang varincha nabavo nashri rapyanga sangshraya. 
प्रसादम नहीं भीड़े गोपी यथत प्राप विमुक्ति दिस इज डिस्क्राइबिंग द पोजिशन ऑफ यशोदमय is described in shukadev goswami is describing how uh, yashoda mai is chasing krishna feeding him her breast milk and in this way uh, appearing like a harassed mother harassed by her naughty son so it seems you know, we have in the beginning of bhagavatam this <coughs> janmadya sayata जन्मादेशन Uh, and destruction they are affected janmadya by him who directly and indirectly indirectly these are affected who knows everything who is independent of everything so this description of param brahma is given at the beginning the supreme absolute truth i'm just summarizing it and then we then we go all through the bhagavatam describing different avatars and then we come to some story of some little boy who's eating dirt and his mother is punishing him and, you know what happened well what happened to all that absolute truth stuff and all that philosophy and all of a sudden we just hearing some you know some yeah, there are hundreds of boys who steal steal some butter and their mother chases them and, and uh, they cry and Uh, what you know it was, uh, it was getting pretty good and then all of a sudden we had these silly mundane stories it may seem like that but shukadev goswami he brings it all into perspective that yashoda mai her fortune in chasing krishna with a stick in feeding krishna her breast milk such fortune was not bestowed upon even lord brahma or shiva or even lakshmi who is his better half of his body his wife he who gives liberation from this material world krishna it's been described he gives liberation to the demons he kills that's his mercy on them but the mercy he gave to mother yashoda is far more than the mercy of the of being given liberation mother yashoda she doesn't pray she doesn't say i want liberation i'm so fed up with this life you know i have to this son he's always caused me so many problems I think I'll go to uh, Badrinath and meditate and get liberation. She doesn't pray like that. She can't think like that. She simply thinks how to protect my Krishna. I have to pray to Narayan to protect him. All oh, there's so many demons coming. But because I did punya in my childhood, now Narayan is rewarding me by protecting my son. 
how to feed him nice milk. She's always she doesn't think I want mukti. She never thinks like that. She doesn't think, well, maybe uh, if I'm good, I could become Lord Brahma in future. She doesn't want to become Lord Brahma. So another verse uh, from the Bhagavatam. Itang satang Brahma sukhanabhutya dasyangatala paradaivatena mayashitanang naradara kena sakang vijahru kritapudupunjaha This verse Srila Prabhupada often quoted. He was very fond of quoting this. Here is the Supreme Person who is considered the impersonal Brahman by great sages, the Supreme Personality of Godhead by devotees, and a product of material nature by ordinary men. It's talking about the cowherd boys who have performed many, many pious activities in their past lives are playing with that Supreme Personality of Godhead. So like this, there are many verses describing how great are the devotees in Vrindavan who play with Krishna as if he's their very friend. This uh, cannot be imagined by others. So, uh, yeah, more examples are given. Then another quality of Krishna, Veno Madhurya, the sweetness of Krishna's flute. There are many forms of the Supreme Lord. They all have their particular insignia. Kodandaram. We've all heard of Kodandaram. Rama holds a bow. He doesn't hold a flute. Balaram holds a plow. He may have a flute also. The cowherd boys, any cowherd boy can have a flute. That's for calling the cows. Cows also like to hear that sweet music of the flute. Balaram is especially famous for his plow, also his club, but he doesn't use his club in Vrindavan. In Vrindavan he uses his plow. Rishimhade, Vajranaka, Vajradangstra, he has his Teeth, uh, teeth and his nails, which are like thunderbolts, so hard. So all the various avatars, they have their very, their all uh, various insignia. Lord Vishnu, in his uh, four-handed form, is famous for Shankar Chakra Padma Gada. His uh, Conch, disc weapon, Shankar Chakra, his club, and his uh, Shankar Chakra, and lotus flower. But Krishna is particularly known for his flute, <coughs> his flute player. 
So there's so much has been, so many Vaishnavas have written so many beautiful uh, statements about Krishna's flute. Some of them are cited here. I'll, I'll cite one from Rupa Goswami in his Vidagda Madhava. He quotes the verse again in uh, here in Bhaktirasamrita Sindhu. The sound of Krishna's flute pervaded everywhere. It pierced through the shell of the universe. It stopped the clouds. Amazed the Gandharva, Tumburu. It broke the meditation of the yogis headed by Sananda. The yogis were all meditating. Om, Om, Om. And then the sound of the flute comes. Ah, it's a disturbance. Oh. But it's very nice. Oh, it's better than meditating. Oh, I better go back to meditating. Oh, the sound of the flute. So their, their meditation is spoiled. Krishna spoils the meditation of the yogis. They're sitting, they're trying to keep their mind still, but their mind will not remain still if they hear the sound of Krishna's flute. They'll have to start dancing. And then where will their yoga go? What will happen to their meditation if they're dancing to the sound of Krishna's flute? Brahma became astonished. He doesn't become astonished very easily. He's a very grave person. He's, he sees everything in the universe. Difficult to astonish Brahma. He's seen everything going on. But he even he became astonished by the sound of Krishna's flute. Bali Maharaj, way down in Sutta, became Unsteady, he, he, he also became very desirous to see Krishna. Later Krishna went to see, to see him. And Anantadev, he's holding up the universe. And he became, his head started spinning. It's very dangerous for the whole universe, isn't it? <laughs> Ananta, just like you, the, the snakes, the snake charms, charms the snake with a flute or some instrument, not exactly a flute. And then the snakes become spellbound. So like that, if Ananta Dev, if he starts going like, it could be very dangerous. Then you get earthquakes and all kinds of things. But of course, Krishna, as well as being the charming flute player, he's also the Supreme Lord, so no disasters happen. No disasters like that. The only disaster, as far as the demons are concerned, is that their material life becomes destroyed. Anyway, uh, 
So what do we have? We had, oh, there's one more quality of Krishna, which is one of the four. Rupamadhurya. Krishna is very beautiful. Kandarpa koti kamaniya vishesha shobham. His beauty cannot be described, but he's more beautiful than millions of Kama, one name for Krishna is Kama. Every word is, that I was saying, every word is a name for Krishna. So Kama, so that's something very bad, isn't it? In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna, he says how to overcome Kama. No one can overcome Kama, because Kama is Krishna. But our desire should be for Krishna. Krishna's beauty is such that if one one time sees, actually sees Krishna, then he'll never desire anything of this material world. Nothing in this material world will appear very beautiful. So people ask us, have you seen God? Yes, we've all seen. We've all seen God all the time. Because he's everywhere and in everything. But if we actually see Krishna, then we won't want to see anything else. We can't see Krishna with these mundanely tinged eyes. As long as we're, as long as we're desiring to enjoy anything of this material world, we cannot actually see Krishna. We cannot appreciate the beauty of Krishna. So Krishna's form is exquisitely beautiful. That form is described in exquisitely beautiful verses. The verse itself is so beautiful. It's non-different from the beauty of Krishna. Holding the flute upon his lips. His eyes are like the petals of a lotus. Upon his head he has the peacock feather. That's the ornament on his head. And his whole body uh, the translation that Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur says is tinged with the beauty of blue clouds. Asitam Buddha Sundaranga. Asita means black. Ambuddha means cloud. Asitam Buddha. Sundara, beautiful. Anga, his whole form is beauty, beautiful, beautifully black. His uh, beauty is uh, giver of desire, desired by millions of cupids. Vishesha So there are so many descriptions of Krishna's beauty. Are there any questions, please? What shall we ask? Who can ask? What shall, what shall we say? Here we are down in this material world. trying to appreciate this material world. 
trying to squeeze some rasa out of this material world. There's nothing here. Puna punas charvita charvanam. Try to squeeze something out of that. Try to chew that which is already, again and again, chewing that which is already chewed. Chewing the chew. This is a, there's no rasa in this material world. Whereas Krishna is Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. He is the ocean of resplendent ah, Bhakti Rasa, the nectar. So, when will we wake up and stop trying to chew the chewed and instead, instead of trying to get some juice out of that, there's out of dry wood. Instead, drown in the ocean of Bhakti Rasa, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Yeah, anyway, if anyone does have any questions, they can ask. I don't know if I can answer these subjects. Hare Krishna.